in Matthew 6. At the beginning of Matthew 5, at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, there probably are Pharisees and Sadducees who are quite successful. And then you've got people probably from all walks of life, and then you've probably got people who are quite needy and are looking for hope, looking for something. Some people who live day by day. Jesus attracted fishermen, and they would need to rely on their catch. And people who were farmers and would need to rely on the harvest, and people who were day laborers, he told parables about all those Probably because people like that were in crowds that he addressed. And so there would be some there that were concerned about what they would eat. And then he had people there who they wanted to make sure they looked good. And how they dressed. So he talked about And what you shall wear. And so he was addressing the various haves and have-nots in his crowd. And I find it interesting that one of the first illustrations he uses is a bird. Do you ever think about the birds? I mean, they don't seem terribly worried or preoccupied, do they? I mean, they just fly around. You know, when you're a kid, you sometimes think about, you'd like to be a bird. Wouldn't it be fun? I did. I think that's what intrigued people, and sometimes, you know, they eventually came up with flying. But you ever think about how a bird provides for itself and protects itself? What has it got? A little beak and two little feet. That's how it builds its house and protects itself. Interesting. And Jesus said, the birds don't worry. They don't worry. They're good. Because their Father provides. That's how the passage unfolds. But I want to talk about what he says in the first big section. And then what he says in the last two verses. Because it's really a lesson for us today. Because not so much that we're most of us here, if not all of us here, are really worried about whether we're going to have food. We we might be worried about what we're going to eat. Okay? Because we really like to worry about what we're going to eat. What am I going to have later? You know? If you're staying for the food later, am I going to have pulled pork, hamburger, cheeseburger, hot dog? I don't know yet. We'll see when I get out there. About what we wear, some of you obviously take time. I got it easy. I just wear a collar and a suit.
But what he's really talking about, God created everything. God created everything and everything is his. That's what he talks about right at the beginning. If you really think about it, God created the birds. God created the lilies. Genesis 1 through 3. He created it all. It's all his. So he takes care of everything if you really understand it. And what does worry add to your life anyway? Does it add anything? It might take something away, but it's not going to add anything. Then he talks about the lilies. You want to talk about the birds not worrying much. They can do a little something. The lilies, they're just there. They're not going to get up and move around. And God takes care of them. And they're so beautiful. That Solomon, and everybody's thinking, King Solomon? King Solomon, the wealthiest, most powerful, most successful king, Hundreds of wives, hundreds of concubines, had all the money. And people used to come from hundreds of miles to check him out and everything he had and his palaces and the temple that he built. And Jesus said, Solomon doesn't compare to a lily. And if you know anything about Solomon, when Solomon got his eyes Off of the Lord, his life went downhill. Read Proverbs because he contrasts the lifestyles. Read Ecclesiastes. He basically says in Ecclesiastes, when you pursue the world, you end up that it's all vanity. It's like chasing after the wind. It ends up to nothing. Because when you start piling it higher and higher, you lose sight of the Lord. Because you get preoccupied with everything else. And it takes over your life. And you lose your sense of priority. That's what he's saying. You lose your sense of focus. And that's why he contrasts Solomon. So then you get to verse 33, and 33 is kind of a capstone on all of that. He says, strive, or as I like the translation, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. In other other words, put first things first. When you put first things first and you get your priorities in order, it's so much better. Life falls into place so much better. Even when you deal with challenges, life falls into place so much better. When we put things out of order and pursue the worldly, we pursue the worldly goods, we pursue the worldly desires. That's when life goes haywire. 
That's when we have challenges and struggles we don't really want. That we lose a sense of God's priority and God's ordering of our lives. And life can spin out of control. That's what Solomon discovered. You know, it's not just about worrying about food or worrying about clothing. In our day and age, let's change the focus because most of us really have enough money for those things. We worry about where we're going to go on vacation. And do we have the nicest house? And do we have the nicest car? See, we up the stakes and up the ante. And so we get consumed by those concerns. And oftentimes we go into debt. And so we get consumed by the debt. Or we get consumed by success and we work so many hours that we don't spend time with the Lord and we don't spend time in in worship and we don't spend time in His Word. And we don't spend time serving others because we're so tired because we're pursuing worldly success. Well, let's change the focus maybe a little bit differently. We're concerned so much about our children and where they go to college and what careers they get, all of which is good. But when it begins to exclude or is more important than their relationship with the Lord, And where they're going to spend eternity? We've gotten our priorities out of order. That as parents and even grandparents, what's most critical for our children and grandchildren is their spiritual and moral life, and their eternal destination, even more than college and their career. And we forget that because we buy into the world's values and we worry that they're not going to get ahead. And Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God And His righteousness. His righteousness. A holy life. A godly life. A life that's going to make a difference in the world. A life that reflects the power of the Holy Spirit in operation in your life. His priority. And then he goes on to say, let each day's trouble 
take care of itself. We have a great translation of that in Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous. It's called One Day at a Time. One day at a time. We are so busy not living one day at a time. We're really not. We're so busy worrying about tomorrow and the next day. Think about how much people are stockpiling money. Or they can't wait to buy the items that they should wait for tomorrow that they go into debt today. Instead of biding their time and waiting. When Jesus said, let each day be trouble enough for itself. And so we worry. And we allow anxiety to consume us. And fears to consume us. Instead of every day. Instead of watching the news and fretting. We should every day log time with the Lord. And get our focus on Him. And allow His Word to penetrate our heart. And pray to Him. Lord, let me trust in You this day. And allow the cross to be before so we remind ourselves and allow His Spirit to remind us of what He paid for our salvation. What He paid for our eternal life. The extent, the full extent of His love for us. And how much He cares for us. More than the birds. More than the lilies. One day at a time. And instead of being a tomorrow people, be a today people and be an eternity people. I think that would work better. You know, when babies come into this world, what do they do? If they want something... They whine and they cry, and my guess is they're not too worried. They make it your worry. Right? Isn't that what they do? They're not laying there worried and saying, oh, my gosh, I wonder if anything's going to happen. They're oblivious. They're making it everybody else's worry, and we're all fretting at everything. You know what happens as babies become conscious when they become two, for example, then everything becomes my and mine. And they become demanding. And they become clingy. And they become possessive. That's when worry starts. And as life progresses, worry and anxiety just becomes more complicated, doesn't it? You know, I remember, and I don't remember which of my kids, but I remember different kids at different times, you know, being afraid of things. Like being afraid of other people, and so they got clingy. Being afraid of the Easter Bunny and Santa Claus. You know, 
trying to convince them, look, this is going to benefit you. You know? And then later on, fear of failure. School, music, sports, plays. We ran the gamut in our house. College, career, military. And then as we grew older, children, parents. We've got lots of reasons to worry and get anxious. And it gets more complicated as we get older, doesn't it? What if in some ways we became like infants again? Not that we whine and cry, that's not the point. But that we trusted. That we prayed. The loving Father who can provide every need. Every need. Who loves us more than we know. Who sent his son to die for us. Who sent his spirit to empower and enable us. He's given us time and he's given us resources. To be stewards, not owners. Go back to Genesis. We sing as children, he's got the whole world in his hands. And you know what we keep doing? Trying to take it back out of his hands. Instead of really saying, it's his. And we need to trust him and we need to be stewards. That's what we need to do. And recognize the depth of his love. He sent his only son. And daily go to him to reset our priorities. Daily. Daily go to his word to allow his promises to reassure us. And speak into our hearts and lives. And in prayer, cast our anxieties, our fears, our worries on Him. Because He loves us more than we know. To recognize He's not just about this world, but He's about eternity and He's got us. Take an honest look, an honest look. It's your priorities. Are you really seeking first the kingdom? Are you consumed with this world? And worry and fear, anxiety, the need to control? 
can you begin to live day by day, trusting Him with all that you are and all that you have, and living according to His call? Because He's given you the gift of salvation if you want it. He's given you the gift of eternity if you want it. And all you need to do is respond. And then trust. Let's pray. Lord, we are such a culture consumed by worry and fear and anxiety. Just like the Jews of the Old Testament, your people who were consumed. And Micah simply said, He has shown you. Do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. Simply. Every day. And you've given us your Son. So that we might know the full extent of your love. And he has risen so that we might know the full extent of your power and grace to defeat any fear, any worry, any sin. Lord, I pray that if there is someone here who doesn't know you, that they might come to you this day and give their life to you. If there is any here that's consumed by this world, consumed by fear or anxiety or worry, that they might come to you this day and let that go and trust in you. And Lord, for all of us, that we might make it our daily practice to come to you daily to release our burdens and trust in you wholly and completely to humbly walk with you day by day. To come before your word and know your promises. And to release all to you and to the power of your spirit. Lord, reset our priorities. And help us to live day by day. In you and with you. And through you. And through your Son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen.